Welcome back to the Games Gone Soft podcast. Hope you're all well. In today's episode, we're giving you a recap of the weekend's action and our thoughts on some of the talking points, really. I'm going to apologise in advance if I'm looking away from the screen or I randomly shout out, in, shout out in joy or agony because United are playing West Ham. Scott McTominay's just scored. Come on, the Reds. Joe, how are you? I'm not bad, mate. Look forward to using my new microphone. See if it's any better. Sort <laughs> this fucking, voice out. Let's fucking hope it is, because you sound dodgy. Uh, hopefully I don't sound like Kermit the Frog again. You, you, you sound how David Moyes looks. What a frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was costing us views. Yeah, right. So, our first topic of conversation today is... Um, Basically, the Everton-Man United game. Everton, last-minute goal. What were your thoughts on the game in general? I thought, yeah, United, first half, very good. Cavani's movement was very good for the first goal. I feel like he showed that all season. There's a lot more intelligent movement than someone like Martial. And then, obviously, Fernandez, very good goal. Second, I didn't enjoy it, but very good goal. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, Everton, they just seemed to struggle. To, they couldn't get out of their own half, could they? Couldn't string two passes together. No. And then after the uh, half-time, Ancelotti obviously had a bit of a go at them. And then, yeah, they came out of the blocks quickly. On Cavani, yeah, his movement is just like so smart. He's such like a cultured striker. I feel that that's the sort of player Spurs were hoping like Bale would be in terms of because he's played at such a high level he'd bring that intelligent movement to the team but clearly hasn't to me the way I see Cavani when Ibra was here I don't know it's hard to compare Ibra and Cavani although they're both like mid to late 30s Cavani's like 33 about to turn 34 but to me he's like movements just it's more intelligent than Ibrahimovic like Ibrahimovic's was when he came and I think if Cavani started the year fit, I reckon he'd have the chance to get more goals than Ibra did for us in that year. Yeah, um, I think because he can't rely on like his height, his strength or pace, really, he basically has to outsmart defenders. And you can see you see that with quite a few of the older like top older players in the league. You've seen how Vardy's has developed as well. Because yeah. you can't just rely on your pace. So you have to find ways of being a bit of a poacher. I remember when uh, Cavani was at Napoli and United were linked to him then. And I remember, I remember really wanting them. It would have, been, would have been really interesting to see how he would have done for United had he come back then instead of going to PSG. Yeah, he's still, what did you say, 33 he was? He's about to turn 34, I think. But yeah, you still think he's got a year or two with him because he doesn't, rely on pace as you say and yeah. he's not particularly slow but then um, on to your next point obviously Everton Carlo Ancelotti having a go at his players at half time and getting a response um, the thing is in the second half it's just it's just so sloppy to concede one goal and then a second one like five minutes like within five minutes yeah you think Ollie, Ollie can concede one you tighten up Ollie and Harry Maguire Harry Maguire cannot allow that to happen as captain of Man United and as like as one of our centre backs, 
Yeah, but you, as other people saw it at, when you lost 6 1 to Spurs, was it Martial who got sent off? Mm-hmm. And then Maguire's just standing there while every other United player is like kicking off, trying to get mm-hmm. Lamella sent off because he should have been. But he doesn't seem a very vocal captain, does he? No. Well, it's, um, it's happened before where Bruno's been the one laying into people. Maguire just sort of stands there. He, yeah, you do. Uh, you do get different type of captains, though. But in a centre back, surely you'd want a more vocal one to organise people and. Yeah, yeah, you should. If he's the one sorting out the defensive line, which you should. Let's be honest, he's not always the one leading by example, is he? If you're not no. leading by example, <laughs> then you have to be vo- more vocal. Uh, but who is in your defensive line? Going on to that De Gea mistake. No one. No one. That's what I mean. And but why does it have to be you can back? see Bruno's the cap. Bruno should be captain. He pretty much is captain. Yeah. In all but yeah, name. You think? You think he he will get given it? Maybe. I don't know because it's hard to take it off someone, isn't it? Yeah. Um. How high do you reckon Everton can finish this finish this year? I put potentially six. I think. I I don't think they will, but points wise. The three points off Liverpool in fourth, with two games in hand, mm. and they've got they've got a good record against the current top six. They've got two wins, three draws, and two losses. But I think they had that little period where they just went on a really bad run. So it's whether that will happen again, and whether Ancelotti can keep them grinding out results. Yeah, the thing about um. Thing about Everton is there's just so many teams in around there like Villa, although they've dropped off a bit recently. The people that who are they competing for for top four? I think City, United, I think Liverpool are a guaranteed to get top four. So yeah, I, they're not guaranteed, but I think they will they're gonna, they're gonna quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah. But um, who else are they competing with for that top four? It's pretty much just Chelsea, I think, and Chelsea, and cool. Leicester. Oh, yeah, sorry, I've got Leicester. In fact, Leicester probably more likely than Chelsea at this stage. Unless yeah, Tuchel can put a run that's together. A tough one. Well, we started off well. Three wins and one draw. Um, oh, to be fair, we've almost we've almost covered one of our later topics here: the race yeah. for Chelsea yeah. or Leicester. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't want to say much. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll leave that for a bit later then. And what do you make of the future of United? What What do you think United's ambition should be this year? I think. What will Oli look back gonna... on and be happy with at the end of this season? Well, you've started a lot better than last year. Mm. Yeah, I've seen you're 11 points better off this season than last year. That's mental. Obviously, last year you did have a few injuries at the start of the season. But still, like you've done a lot better this year. To even be title contenders is a massive improvement because you were bottom mm. half of the table like quite like middle of the season last year. Yeah. So I think he'll be happy with that. You're attacking wise, you've been very good. I think have you got the most goals in the league? I think you have forty nine. I think we do after that nine. That yeah, nine now. That's helped out a bit. But I think yeah, a trophy would be massive this season. Mm. Obviously the FA Cup, if you carry on beating West Ham, you've got a chance of that. And then dropping into the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah. will play for the Europa League. I'm assuming we'll play um, 
some of our youngsters in that, like Diallo, I'm assuming they'll get minutes against Sociedad, maybe Palestri as well, because he hasn't played. Um, you think, though? Shola Short, I we, think Oli will be fa- looking at is a, a chance to win a, a quite a big trophy. And if, you, if Man City win their next game, you're eight points off top. Yeah. So you may be looking, you're pretty much guaranteed top four, and I don't think you'll win the title. Maybe so maybe that is a good point. Both cup competitions. Maybe that is a point. Yeah, that at least it is a trophy if we win it. It's yeah, not a trophy. I think, I think United fans at this point would rather win the FA Cup as long as we're getting Champions League anyway. But would you? I think so. Yeah, I'd rather win the one. FA. We. I remember United winning the F, the Europa League a few years ago under Jose, and I remember in the pub and just like wanting to get it over and done with, like. We won it, and I wasn't even that happy about it. It's just like, yeah, we've got Unless Champions that, League. We've got Champions Unless League now. Hundred percent, rather Europa League. We've never won the FA Cup, so that would be massive. But yeah. Europa League, it's like European trophy. Oh, yeah, I just, I just really don't care about it. I just remember, I just remember last time winning it. <laughs> Spoil. <laughs> what, um, what do you think United need for like, if next year they wanted to? well, be right up there at the end of the season. They still might be this year. But to be on the Man City level, what do you think you need? Centre-back. At least one. <laughs> CDM. I would say right-winger, but and like, obviously that would be Sancho, I'm assuming, if we were to sign one. But then I don't understand... We went and spent £30 million on an 18-year-old who, every, by all accounts, is meant to be like a generational talent. I don't then see why United would go and spend hundred million on a player two years older than him a year later. What is he? Thirty million, Diallo. Yeah. I and don't you've get got why Greenwood that can yeah. play there as well. And is is it worth a hundred million to Man United having Sancho on the right wing than Greenwood and Diallo? But then you look at Man City. Yeah. They have two amazing players in each position. And that's kind of what you need if you want to compete in every competition for the highest standard. Personally, I, I would rather have a striker than a right winger and potentially look at moving on Martial. Yeah, I think right winger is not a priority. I think mm. your defence is the priority. I saw, apart from Leeds, you've conceded the most goals in the top half of the table. I don't know how popular an opinion this is, but I would personally look at getting a more attacking right back as well. Would you? I just think it hinders you so much having having a full back that is. I don't say that bad. That bad in attack. Yeah, I'm going to say he is that bad in attack. But on the <laughs> ball, he looks like he's never kicked a football. Sometimes Juan Basaka. I know. Yeah. And he's but... he's great. He's great in the one on one defensively, but still, like sometimes he's at a position when. Um, like he plays people on side like he did against Everton with Calvert Lewin running in behind. He just missed. And like if if there's a ball being crossed into the back post and he's there waiting, he doesn't never really deals with it effectively or like fills you with confidence that he's going to. The problem the, is, can you see the board signing a right back after just spending fifty million? Sign another centre back after signing one for eighty five million. No. I can't. I can't really see it, especially the right back. I can't see them. He's not the worst player, is he? 
he's, no, he's not unless, a problem. Unless you get like a fullback that can play the side that's slightly more attacking. I keep um I keep seeing United linked to Ramos because he's he's gonna be out of contract in the summer. I'll take that, but I'd still want I'd still want another more long term centre back in there as yeah, well. Yeah, he could be he could be the leader that you need at the back, to be honest. Yeah. There's still there is questions about his actual defensive ability. Obviously he's, a, he's an amazing player, but yeah, you know, it's a very different league. It's a very different league, but Thiago, yeah, Thiago Silva still look good and he's he's not he's not much he's pretty similar in stature to Ramos and he's slower. Yeah, I'm not it'll be it'll definitely improvement on Lindelof. I just lo- I love Ramos, he's just a shit house. And I love it. Yeah, I do like him. Yeah. Um, so I'd like if I got my way, Ramos and one other, probably a CDM. Um and a striker if I could, if I'm being naughty. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a weird thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. If I'm, I'm being cheeky. No, if I'm being cheeky, we'll have that instead. No. <laughs> um <laughs> one thing I wanted to say was um, obviously, we signed Donny van der Beek last summer. Like I've, I've watched, been watching him against West Ham, and I've watched him a few times. Whenever we play him as a ten in Bruno's position, he doesn't look, he just doesn't look right to me. Like he, Bruno's always coming to get the ball off people and moving in positions to get the ball. Van der Beek, he does, he's constantly moving, he's constantly on the move, but he looks like he like he tries to find space by hiding behind players. It's really weird. I just don't think he suits. Oh, he doesn't suit being a number 10 in our team. I think he looked better when he was playing alongside the CDM. Can we just appreciate when you signed him, I said it was a very weird signing. And you were like, no, it's not. It's great signing. It is. We still need and depth he's, there. He's played about twice. We still needed <laughs> depth there. Yeah. You just went on a minute yeah, ago but, about Man City having great players in every position. Yeah, but they rotate. Donny van der Beek not, starting in the FA Cup. Obviously, some players do take time to settle in. Mm. So, at the end of the year, he may come in more into use. But you think in like the Christmas period that's normally really busy, like he didn't even get much of a game then. So. Yeah. Right, we've been rambling on about United for a little bit. I want to know what your thoughts are on the state of VAR. I hate it. <laughs> Always <laughs> have. I was kind of resistant to you like slagging it off for quite a while, I think, but it's just doing my head in now. But the problem now is you can't remove it because any decision, like if they got rid of it and then made a decision that should have been a penalty or a red card, everyone would be like, oh, why did we get rid of VAR? And I know VAR would have got that right. I don't want VAR, but I'd 100% do that. Yeah, because you do forget like some really bad decisions that were made in the past mm. whereas there, there still is really bad decisions did you see the Suchek red card? I think a lot of the problem with VAR isn't the technology it's the way they're, they've written the rules now like the constant rule yeah, changes 100%. and how they're written it's making referees look stupid because no one really understands their decisions anymore 
I think. I don't think they need VAR to make refs look stupid. Yeah, but it's making <laughs> them look worse. It's making them look worse than they are. As people say, the problem is watching it in slow mo. It's always going to look worse. Yeah. Some of the penalties are just Salah's penalty. I know Salah's Martial's against Southampton. Yeah. Like. I know uh, there's a slight touch. Wolves, uh, David Luiz's red card. That one was a bit dodgy as well. Well, that's what I've got. That two, two of the red cards given in the last week have been overturned. Mm. Even though the referee has gone to the screen, reviewed it from, I think the Suchek one was 22 different angles. So, and he's given it a red card and then they've overturned it. Wasn't the point of VAR, VAR was to make the right decision, like during the game. Yeah. So it's obviously yeah. not helping. But as I say, I think it's more to do with how the um, the rules are written. Yeah. And also, the do you with... think do you think the ref should be going to the sideline to look, or whether the um, the 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 VAR official should be making the decisions instead, just making a quick decision so we can carry on with the game? Uh, yeah, I think it should be left to Stotley Park because I think, I, personally, I haven't seen ever that the ref has gone to the screen and not changed the decision. But yeah. They always change it because they've been told to look at the screen, which basically implies that you've got it wrong. But the only reason they're doing it is because they want the refs to make the decision. But you might as well... Isn't the point of having how many do they have at Stockley Park? Like five refs? Surely the point in having that is it, it should be a unanimous decision. If all five think it's a penalty, then you give it a penalty. Yeah. If not, you stick with the original decision. I think it just helps the pace of the game as well. Yeah. Rather than having to wait five minutes for the ref to go over, see about five different angles for him to then finally make his decision. I'd rather they just look at it a few times in Stockley Park, get all the angles like instantly, and then make a decision from there. But another one was that Cavani penalty that should have been a penalty against Southampton. Yeah. But it happened I don't understand on the commentary. It. Peter Walton was saying, oh, that will be given as a penalty because his foot's on the line. Yeah. And then Mike Dean doesn't give it a penalty. It's just, I don't but... understand it. <laughs> His foot was on the, the line, thing. and it's not as you, it's not as if he's taken out the other foot. He's taken out the foot, the Southampton player. Yeah. He's taken out the foot that is on the line. And you say the rules are the problem. There's a clear rule that yeah. if you're on the line, it's a penalty. Yeah. Which makes so the no rest sense. still interpret it wrong. And like I remember you at the time saying, it's like barely inside. But if he hasn't fouled in there, he's still going to be inside like one step more anyway. Yeah. But well, you've got still, to give it according to the rules. He's still inside, yeah. But then you do have to look at the rules in terms of his, pretty much his whole body is outside, outside the box. I think this summer they really need to just look at the rules, make them clear for everyone. Try and make The problem as, is... Try and narrow down as many of them as they can. Yeah, the problem is, is no one's... Like the rules have never been scrutinised as much. Yeah. Because, like, without VAR, you'd probably have a few complaints about the Cavani penalty. But it wouldn't be... People would be like, oh, yeah, he's mostly outside the box. 
yeah, for stuff like really the Che Adams offside. You won't complain because his sleeve was offside. Mm. It's only because you expect them to get every decision now. Moving on, again, Man City, especially in the second half, smashed Liverpool. Well, what are your thoughts yeah. on the game in general? What are your thoughts on Liverpool? I was watching the first half and I thought, oh, it's going to be another of those nil-nil, boring big games. And then obviously Man City got the penalty. I I didn't want them to win because I had the draw in our betting league. <laughs> <laughs> and then he missed it. I was like, get in. But then second half, it's just Man City look quality. They changed to a 4-4-2. And then Foden just ran the show. But... Foden looks unreal. He actually it, looks quality. Yeah. I, still rem- I still remember Newham saying, oh, he's not that good uh, a year ago. <laughs> the the stock like, in Iniesta. Like, he, yeah, he's got- oh, this is going to sound a bit... He could get, not Iniesta's level maybe, but he could be unreal. Yeah, I think he's got... Yeah, he is. He's so talented and he's still only 20. Like you feel like he's been about for quite a while now because he started when he was like 17, 18. He's got five goals, three assists this season in the Premier League, that is. Mm. Pretty good for a 20-year-old. Yeah. Do you reckon the title race is over? I can't see. The title The title is now in City's hands. It's theirs to lose. They'd have to... It's not a shocker. Because if they lost the game in hand, it's five points. It's only two mm. games, realistically. But the way they're performing, you'd be shocked if they didn't go on to win it by 10-plus points. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I've, um, one thing I've been actually really impressed with uh, Pep Guardiola for is the way he's like slowly like, regenerating the team. At Man United under Sir Alex, like... He built probably like you'd say three great teams during his time at United, but like in between each, there was like a little bit of a lull while he like got rid of some players, brought some more in. Pep Guardiola's yeah. lull was literally one season last year where the whole like the um, the main players in that title winning team were obviously KDB, but company was still there. Aguero was still. Um, Aguero's still a mainstay in the side and he's probably not now because he's been injured. But the way he's slowly um, bringing through new players and like managing to keep a level of, level of success there is, I think it's unreal. Like David Silva as well is another one who's gone and he's replaced him. Yeah. I think a lot of people were questioning his ability to like recruit big players. In terms of his main spine of the squad, he didn't sign. In terms of like Aguero, company, David Silva. But then he's shown he can this year with people like Diaz coming in. Mm. He's got Gundogan playing really well as well. They're playing without a striker as well. Him managing to get like consistent top of the league performance out of that team year in, year out, I think it's amazing. Considering like all yeah. the players, considering like Fernandinho, he was another one I forgot, aging out, company, David Silva, Aguero's going to age out. So, yeah, like all the hallmarks of that side over the past like five, ten years. And he's looks like he's setting up for another like period of dominance with City again. And everyone's known that he can 
create a really good attacking side. But there's always been questions over sorting the defence out. But he's actually showed that, that this year, 14 goals conceded in 22 Premier League games with John Stones, who everyone thought, oh, his career is going to go downhill. He's linked with teams like Everton in the summer. But he's managed to bring him into the side and he's looked amazing. As well, can you just imagine if City got Haaland in the summer? If they have this defence and it's like, keeps this output, keeps this, they keep up this defensive output of just not letting anyone score and then they add Haaland to their attack, they will be stupid. Yeah, they they piss the league. Yeah. Like, they're, they're already, they should win this reasonably easy this year. Mm-hmm. But then you add a striker who will get 25 plus goals. But you've got Aguero on the bench. Yeah. Uh, yeah they and they've stupid. got so many goals in other areas. Yeah. Um, we spoke mainly about City here, but what's going wrong with Liverpool? Obviously, injuries hasn't helped. Like, I was looking up stats about Van Dijk to see the impact he has not just on the defensive side. But last season, he had the most accurate passes per game yeah. for Liverpool and the most accurate long balls. Yeah, I saw which the I long think balls. Which is a massive part of Liverpool's play. That mm. long diagonal to the fullbacks were really high up the pitch. And then Trent last year, 18 big chances he created. Whereas this year, like over halfway through, he's only created five. So mm. he may be lacking because. He's not getting those diagonal balls from Van Dijk. But so did that's you a see a part of it? The injury. Yeah, well, Steve Van Dijk's a massive miss for them. I'd say they'd they'd still be competing with City if they had Van Dijk realistically, because you'd still have Henderson or Fabinho in midfield. Yeah. If you had Henderson in midfield, they just looks there looks like no real like fight in the midfield with Henderson not there. Like Thiago is a great player, yeah. but he's not like. And I slag off Henderson. Good. I didn't put him in the te- in our team of the year, but he is like the the driving force in that midfield. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he's good on the ball, creates a lot, but he's also that like energy in the team of that high pressing. Like you watch Liverpool against Man City, and they just sat back a bit. Like they weren't that usual. We press against anyone. They just seemed like they didn't have that energy in midfield. And I think they've tried something different by signing Thiago, who's more yeah. of a gets on the ball, slower, slower pace, and then just pings it there. But not that actual like grit in the midfield. They just it just seems like they need high energy players in the midfield. Well, that's what Wijnaldum is. Yeah. That's what Henderson is. Because their midfield hasn't been like it's not a high scoring midfield. It, it, it was that was almost the energy in the team. And then the full-backs and the attackers were the ones getting the goals and creating the chances. Yeah. Maybe having not having Fabinho in that CDM role is another like massive reason they're conceding more as well because Trent's not that good defensively, realistically. And Robertson, no. Robertson's all right, but them two have the ability to bomb forward so much because they know Fabinho can drop back and like provide cover to that back two. Yeah, I think he's one of the best in the league at like stopping counter attacks. He's unreal. Which is big which is big for Liverpool because they usually push so high at the pitch mm. and press teams that off sometimes they get caught out. And this year they haven't had 
Fabinho to cut out the passes, cut out the counter attacks. But also, they're just not connecting like on as many crosses from like Trent, for example. Obviously, yeah, you mentioned the um, the number of chances created he had at the end of last season. But I looked against City; I think he had eight crosses. The game before, he had fourteen crosses. It's just like it's mental how many he's putting in there, and no one's getting on the end of them. Yeah, I think Mane is a big part of it as well. You mm. haven't Salah's numbers and everything haven't dipped that much. You still see him performing quite well. Whereas Mane, I think he just looks like he doesn't have many ideas. And when he does get a chance, his decision-making is awful. But Mane is that kind of player that he needs quite a few chances to score. Like, yeah. he might have four chances and score one of them. But Liverpool normally create so many chances that they can afford for that yeah, to happen. Yeah, don't notice as much. Yeah. yeah. But now that they're creating a few less chances, like, you he needs to be taking them. I remember people were putting Mane in the top, what were they putting, top three players in the world, like last season or the season before, in the Ballon d'Or race. Like people were saying he's that good. Yeah. He's unreal, don't get me wrong. But he isn't He isn't ahead of Salah. Not a chance. No, I don't think. Salah's just, every year, is performing to ridiculous numbers. Yeah. And I think he he's the one that you'd really miss if he was... Like to to go or to be injured more than you'd miss Mane. But he's not at Messi or Ronaldo. He's probably at, he's probably at Ronaldo's level now, like Salah. But he's not at like in terms of just being absolutely clinical, like scoring yeah. a hat full of goals every year. But um, yeah, Mane's not there. Moving on, we spoke about it briefly earlier. The race for fourth place. Chelsea or Leicester, who are we saying? Or Everton? Uh, I don't think it will be Everton, to be honest. <laughs> I think they've got a chance at top six. But when I've seen them play, I don't think they're amazing, to be honest. I don't, they don't, attacking-wise, I don't know, they get a few goals, but I think they'll struggle. So, uh, so we've already discussed we've... them, and we'll narrow, it, we'll narrow it down to Chelsea and Leicester. Um, yeah, I just don't think Leicester can drop off as much as they did last season. Mm. It's and it's hard to know how Chelsea perform under two show. Obviously they've started off well, three wins and a draw, but it obviously managers always get that bounce initially. Yeah. So another five, ten games you'll see how they actually start to progress under him and the sort of team he wants to play. Because they've rotated a lot. They've had they've played all three different strikers up top. The full-backs have changed between Chilwell and Alonso and then Hudson-Odoi and uh, Reese James. Yeah. So we'll see the sort of team he actually sets up in the future. What do you mean Hudson-Odoi and Reese James? Uh, as right wing-back. He's been playing five at the back and Hudson-Odoi's been playing right wing-back. Did he? I didn't even know that. I didn't even know Hudson-Odoi's playing right wing-back. Yeah, he's been putting... And then he's had centre-backs of Rudiger... That's yeah. for the Quetta and Thiago Silva. What happened with um, Rudiger and Frank Lampard? I don't know. There was a lot of rumours so, that he was. he was the one complaining. Apparently, he was the one complaining that he didn't like Lampard. Right. But then people like Tammy Abraham came out on Twitter and said, basically, basically it's bullshit. It's and he's a nice guy. Because he was, he's with a second best centre-back. Yeah. 
I'm always like, some games Rudy Gil looks quality, mm. and then some he looks awful. Yeah, like, he's got mistakes in him, definitely. I'd also quite like to know why, like Tamori was a mainstay in their team last year. Why he just fell off a cliff in Lampard's planning? Yeah, and then yeah, and then they sold him as well. They haven't sold him. I think he's on loan. But in fact, no Milan. Yeah, but then they have a option to buy. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. So yeah, I think that's slightly odd as well. On um on Leicester, yeah, you just you've got to anticipate that their injury luck will improve a bit, like towards the end of the season, won't it? It won't be as bad as last year yeah. where they just drop like flies. That's what I've got. That last year we we got injuries. Like by the end of the season, I was looking at the United game, um, last game of the season. We had no Siunchu, we had no Chilwell, we had no Pereira, and we had no Madison. Our, our back five was all Brighton. Our back five was all Brighton, Thomas, Morgan, Evans, and uh, J- James Justin as a back five. Yeah. So you can see why we were struggling. Mm. And we've got a lot more depth this year. Like Fafana's just gone, got injured, but we've still got Evans and... Siunchu at centre-back now. So I think we we can't drop off as much. So I think we will definitely get top six. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it could be tough because of the Europa League and FA Cup as well. Yeah. Um, I think, personally, Liverpool could end up in this race unless they buck their ideas up soon. Yeah, but, yeah, but Liverpool have got less than next. Which is we get smashed by them every year, yeah, guaranteed. So we will get beaten. True. Who have you got injured at the moment? Pereira still. No, Pereira's back. Is he? Because yeah, he came. He came back. He's played about two and a half games. Last. Castagne got injured. Pratt's injured. Fafana's uh, injured. Bardi's just coming back. And Didi's back tomorrow. So, yeah, we've got, hopefully, none of them are really long-term. Most of them are a couple of weeks or perhaps a few months. Yeah. So, hopefully, they'll start coming back. But, well, the big the big difference I've seen this year, I was looking at the stats because I've noticed Rodgers was talking earlier in the season how in the big six games last season, he didn't change our style of play. He tried to outplay them. And we had... A points per game against the big six of 0.75. This season, like against Man City, where we beat them, we parked the bus and then counter-attacked. And this season, we've got a points per game against the big six of 2.16. We've got four wins, one draw and one loss. Did you so beat you United? see the massive... Beat United? No, we drew. So the only loss is against Liverpool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I saw Jamie Carragher saying that Liverpool, that's where I got it from, if Liverpool don't buck their ideas up, they could be in serious trouble and not making top four. And you saw, um, what's that bloke off the kickoff called who's a Liverpool fan? Lawrence. Yeah, I think you sent me of him saying that um, last year City took their foot off the gas and we all know why they took that. He was like, they all, we all know why they took their foot off the gas. I'm assuming he meant so that like, it doesn't look as embarrassing like them trying to go for it and being beaten. But how many leagues have City won recently? Well, they won like two, three in a row. Yeah, this will be 
three in the last four years, isn't it? Yeah, so for him to say that Liverpool were going to try and top the heights of City, you've won one Premier League in 30 years. Yeah, people last year talking about Liverpool won the best Premier League sides ever. But then what they've shown this year, it's not great, is it? I saw technically it's the worst title at this stage of the season. It's the worst title defence ever. Yeah. In terms of the points drop off, that's only because they won it by so much last year. But in terms of points drop off, it's the worst ever. Yeah. Don't City have fewer points at this stage than they did last year? Do they? I don't know. I thought I saw, I thought I was watching a video and saw something like that. What I saw is a few games ago, I don't know if it's still true now, Leicester were worse points off this year than they were last year. Yeah. But, Lillian, but the, the, the whole league's dropped off. Leicester last year were nine in a row and we still weren't top. Moving on to your... You've made this talking point. Well, you made them all, but I'm, I don't know if this is even a talking point because of the amount of hate you have for Bielsa. That's why you've stuck it in there. Does Bielsa get underrated because he was overrated before? Explain. No, this is more of a compliment to Bielsa. Right. I think that... Wait, does Bielsa get underrated? Because he was overrated. He was over... It's like a tongue twister. What I'm trying to say is, I feel he is a good manager, but the reason he got slagged off a lot, and I slagged him off a bit, because... A bit. People were overrating him. Him being nominated for best manager of the year was an absolute joke. Yeah, that was a bit stupid. I didn't say, oh, he's an awful manager. He's still got Leeds promoted and they're still doing well this year and they're a good team to watch. Mm. But I'm saying that him being nominated for that made everyone criticise him a lot more because you essentially expect more of him because everyone rates him that highly. What do you make of him recently saying he would rather finish 12th than 8th playing nice football? He would rather finish 12th playing nice football than finish 8th playing bad football. Yeah, I think that's... If you were guaranteed those places, yeah. Obviously, if you had a chance of pushing top six playing slightly worse football, mm. you wouldn't throw that away. But I was saying it about when Leicester were playing Wolves the other day. I was saying... Wolves are going to finish mid-table this year and they're going to finish mid-table playing rubbish football. You might as well... They're not going to get relegated. You might as well play attacking football to entertain people because they're going to finish between probably 10th and 14th. So those extra few places, you'd rather have the entertaining football. Yeah, but maybe to the owners. It obviously makes a difference to the fans, but to the owners... They'll want you to get every point you can, playing however you can, because you get more prize money. Yeah, I saw they spoke about it on the kickoff. Especially a few weeks in the ago. COVID year. Yeah, saying that uh, people shouldn't be play like shouldn't be expected to play entertaining football to entertain the neutrals. It's about getting results for your team. Yeah. Because that is it is well, kind of true. It's nice. That, the person who said that, because I remember watching it. He was giving his opinion on a different team. I was thinking the hypocrisy yeah. in that. <laughs> the, the point, it is nice seeing someone like Leeds um, play football. Like, I'd rather watch a Leeds game than I would a Wolves game. Yeah. 
But as a Leicester fan, I don't care if people enjoy our games. Obviously, I'd rather play entertaining football, but I'd rather a win than a draw, like a one nil shit house win than a three all draw. So I think it is there is a point in that. I still remember when we were playing shit football under Jose or like Van Gaal, but scraping out wins. People were constantly like, "Oh, we'd rather, I'd rather lose and play a attacking football, nicer football." But then Ollie was when Ollie came and we were playing nicer football, but the results took a bit of a downturn. People were like, well, Ollie out, Ollie out. I'd rather. So it's yeah. It doesn't matter if you lose in you lose. Like your fans aren't going to be happy. But if you win, not playing nice football, your fans still aren't going to be happy. But I think you you get a bit more leeway with attacking football because you see it with um, Mourinho. You do. Start of the season with Spurs winning but playing shit football. Well, they were playing decent football but they're still quite defensive, counter-attacking. Everyone's loving it. As soon as they start losing a few games, everyone's like, oh, Mourinho could go soon. I saw a Spurs fan saying that they were willing to put up with it because they felt like it gave them a chance of winning something. Yeah. Like, you've just got a... If you're Spurs in that situation and you haven't won anything in that long, I can understand you, like, putting up with Mourinho, just grinning and bearing it for, like, a season or two just so that he can win you something. If he can still do that, I don't know that he can. But But the problem... Well, they've got the Carabao Cup final, haven't they? Against Man City. But if you lose that... They'll do well to win that. Yeah. If they win that, like, who gives a bollocks about the Carabao Cup? Yeah, but you're like spoiled. Yeah. You're a United fan. If we won the Carabao Cup, it'd be massive. Yeah, no, I'd still be happy. Spurs, we've it. won like, a trophy was, more recently than Spurs. I remember I was buzzing to win it under, is it Jose or Van Hal? I can't remember. Van Hal won FA Cup. Right. And when we won it under Jose, I was still buzzing we won it. In fact, I was more buzzing winning the Carabao Cup than I was the Europa League. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It was. Just I, just hate, I hate the Europa League. I'm sick of it. It is even for like Leicester who've not been in it before. Like the the group stages are a joke. It just, it's just, it's just like we were playing the second team and still topped our group. Yeah. Like the quality of it is poor. Like we lost a game in Ukraine. We played our second team and it was about minus ten. Yeah. Pretty much every we decided to bring Suanchu and Ricky P back for that game, who both had muscle injuries and they both got injured again. It's just such an inconvenience. Our, um, we've somehow gone from Bielsa being underrated to um, hating the Europa League. <laughs> Pulling hamstrings in Ukraine. So, is where do you see Bielsa now? No, I think can they if I'll frame this differently, not let's not say Bielsa. What do you what are Leeds now and where can they get to in the next few years? I think yeah, I think they could obviously go on the path of like a Wolves, obviously not this year, but how Wolves have like pushed for top six. They haven't got it, but they've pushed those seventh and eighth player uh place quite consistently. 
and they might they, they should do that playing entertaining football. And it, you made a point before that for these promoted teams, I was about to say this, yeah, yeah, it's a lot easier to make your defense a bit more solid than to find goals from places. What's the um Norwich manager called? Clark, yeah, Clark. Luke, is it Luke, Luke Farker? Farker. Like yeah, Farker, I think. Um, yeah, so when Norwich went down, he was saying. If you come up to the Premier League because you play attacking, you come up because of your attacking football and how good you are in attack and you score a lot of goals, you might struggle in your first season in the Premier League because your defence could just be carved open, but you should still be able to like create a decent amount of chances. Whereas teams who come up because they've got good defence, they often, quite often, do like fairly well in their first year. And like second year, they struggle more because they have to be a bit more expansive and play a bit more. Yeah, you see um, that quite well. Sheffield United are the perfect example. Yeah, but um, yeah, Leeds have come up, played attacking football, doing really well. All that if they can go and add a few defensive pieces in the summer, like and become a bit more solid at the back, they could seriously improve. Like I could see them doing what. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I think they should get top half next season, mm-hmm. and then maybe push for one of the cup competitions. We've been rambling on. For probably about 45 minutes, three quarters of an hour. If you haven't already, go check out the other videos on YouTube. Some of them are struggling for likes and view, well, and views more importantly. Uh, <laughs> go like, uh, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We'd really appreciate it. As always, thanks for watching. Joe, I'll see you next time.